1: Wanted. i've been waiting 23 years to say that and if you want to call me ba- now you've got it in my head
0: <laughs> just go ahead now, just
1: go ahead now. <laughs> <sighs> i blame you
0: you should because i had stuck in my head earlier <laughs>
1: okay fine whatever welcome to the fbi's most unwanted i'm matt I'm Justin. And we are here to discuss season one, episode three, uh, which is actually the first, I would say, monster of the week episode. This one is called Squeeze. Uh, one of my favorites.
0: It's really good. I have to say, though, um, starting this episode, the first thing that came to my mind was after we did like the... Uh, opening credits and stuff mm-hmm. they started doing what a lot of shows at that time frame and just kind of do like this weird throwback where like they did like the weird over music like um i don't know how to describe it but it's like the intro music for like you know how like sitcoms have like the the like when they have a wide shot of like outside a house oh sure yep or something like that and like the the they do that a lot now and it's with spooky music uh when the guy is like uh when Mulder, you first see Mulder and scully uh okay yeah and you're I just know. like yep it's just i don't know th- throws back to just like ah oh, memories of these kind of shows was mm-hmm. like whereas like there always has to be like some over over music beforehand <laughs> to start it up
1: yep yep all right well uh this episode is called squeeze and even though it is uh Only the third episode of the show, this is actually considered one of the classic episodes of the X-Files. It is, uh, like I said, it's a monster of the week. It moves away from uh, the UFO plot of the previous two episodes because uh, creator Chris Carter thought the show uh, could not just keep going based on just the UFO plot. So he brought in this monster of the week stuff. Uh, this episode was written by Glenn Morgan and James Wong, who are going to go on to be writers of a lot of episodes of X-Files and a lot of them considered classics. And this one originally aired September 24th, 1993. So uh, you said you liked this one, huh? I don't want to get really too It's really good, deep in- yeah. Okay, I don't want to get too deep into it just yet because we're going to talk about the episode as we go along. Um, But uh, this one, all right, we might as well just dive right into it because like pretty much all episodes of the X-Files, this one has a cold open. It opens right up in Baltimore and it uh, centers on a man coming out of the restaurant, uh, a restaurant rather, and he's walking down the street and he's kind of like a slow-mo thing going on. And there's a focus on a sewer drain. And you're thinking, oh, maybe Pennywise is going to come out of that drain. <laughs> um, but uh, no, nope. uh, in the drain, still kind of reminiscent of Pennywise, actually, a man with yellow eyes appears in the sewer drain and starts focusing on the guy that's walking down the street. So, very much, uh, if this was a kid, this would be the plot of Stephen King's It. (laughs) But, um, instead, we cut to the man who was walking down the street getting off an elevator in his empty office building. And then it focuses in on the elevator shaft just a minute later. The doors open back up, but the, the elevator car's not there. Just the elevator wires, and they're shaking... But why are they shaking? We're not sure yet. And the uh, businessman, he calls home, tells his wife it's about 8.30 and he's (coughs) going to be late getting home from work. And this is when uh, the focus shifts to a little air vent on the wall, very, very little air vent, and a screw starts to turn from the inside And the air vent comes off the wall and a hand comes out from inside the vent. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Uh, That's going to be my catchphrase apparently. Dun, dun, dun. Um, What you should do is you should
0: pre-record it and then like snip (laughs) it in every time.
1: Edit it in every time. I should probably do that. Seems like work though. I don't know. We'll see. Um, and of course the businessman, he's, he's left his office. He's gone to use the bathroom or get coffee. I don't know. I can't remember exactly minor detail. He goes back into his office. He closes the door and this is when a brutal attack happens on the other side of the door. We just hear screams going on and stuff like that. Cracking the door. And then the door, yeah, cracks. Like the dude was just thrown right up against it. Boom. Boom. And then we go inside the office and there's liquid running onto the carpet that looks like blood, but it's apparently just a man's drink. However, we do see a reflection of the man on the floor and he's all bloody. (coughs) And the camera pans around the wrecked room back up to that little tiny air vent, which screws back in place from the inside. And then of course the opening theme goes on. Pretty good horror moment there to open the friggin' episode, though.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's definitely, as we see for a lot of films, uh, or a lot of shows down the line, like, that whole, like, motif of the... I mean, they still do it today, where it's, like, I don't think there's anything earlier I can think of. Maybe Buffy Mm -hmm. was before... Buffy like was kind of s- contemporary. Yeah. yeah, it's just well, it's just always like that instance of like they have they show it, uh, they don't show it, uh, they don't show what's happening, so they leave the mystery, especially with deaths and like horror shows. Yep. Yeah, I don't know.
1: Yep. So let's see. Uh, once the credits are over, we are uh, in Washington D.C. DC and uh, Scully is out to lunch with an old classmate from Quantico and Scully's date there asks how she's been and then this episode's pretty notable because people start really picking on Scully for working with Mulder he says to her oh have any close encounters of the third kind and she says you know is that what everyone thinks I do and he says no of course not but uh, you work with spooky Mulder and Scully kind of has to step up to the plate. She says, uh, "You know, Mulder's ideas may be a bit out there, but he is a really great agent." So,
0: which I gotta say, the guy she's talking with, uh, his name's Tom Colton. He's mm-hmm. played by big-time uh, little player. He seems to be in everything. He's a huge I've ever character seen. actor. Yeah, Don- Donal Lu- Donald Donald uh, Lowe. Donald Logue He's just like mm-hmm. everywhere
1: Yeah he, And he's He's looking real young there But you're right Donald Logue Is a big character actor um, Most recently I know people May He was infamously uh, Being Harvey Bullock In Gotham Yes <laughs> But he's also been on uh, Law and Order And uh, Vikings I think And a couple other things So uh, Anyway So she's out with Colton and uh, Colton, uh, you know, he brings up Spooky Mulder, and that's kind of the reason he's uh, he's there to talk to Scully because he says he has a case that's out there because Baltimore PD wants help on a serial killer profile on three murders that uh, happened over the span of six weeks, but the victims are varying in age, race, and gender and aren't connected to each other, and that the only connection... Uh, The only pattern in the killings is the lack of visible entry. And then he mentions there was a girl that was in her dorm room with doors and windows locked from the inside and she got killed. And then he describes the murder that we saw in the cold open. And Scully says, you know, could these be suicides? And then he hands her a photo, which we don't see, but he says, you know, each victim had their liver removed without a cutting tool only by using bare hands. So we can imagine kind of what that photo looks like. Uh, Scully says, yep, this seems like an X file, but uh, Colton says, nope, nope, no X file. Just go over the histories, come to the crime scenes. And Mulder can only come if he agrees that this is my case, uh, because I want the credit. Because this will help Looks me. Looks good on his record. Mm-hmm. Looks good on my record. Help me get promoted. And uh, guess what, Scully? You don't have to stay in the basement with Mulder either. Or what does he say? You don't have to be Mrs. Spooky or something like that. Yeah,
0: Mrs. Sp- he says Mrs. Uh, you don't have to be Mrs. Spooky anymore.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> And then uh, we find that uh, we go to the crime scene, the one from the beginning. We find out that the victim's name was George Usher. Uh, just helps us talk about him for the rest of the episode because they keep coming back to him. Uh, Mulder. Yeah, this,
0: this, yeah, this becomes more of like because Mulder shows up and it immediately becomes just like a, from the other detective, just nothing but just criticizing him at all times like mm-hmm. the whole comment about like the comments like ah oh, seen any little green men and Mulder immediately he's like oh actually they're gray
1: yeah i have that written down because it's pretty funny because uh I, yeah i wrote that quote down you know "Seen any little green men and Mulder's like gray and colton's like excuse me and he says gray you said green men a reticulant skin tone is actually gray yes. <laughs> They're notorious for their extraction of human livers due to an iron deficiency in their galaxy. Do you know what liver and onions goes for on reticulum? <laughs> oh, so he kind
0: of like, this is kind of like the first time you kind of realize he kind of leans in like mm-hmm. he refuses to back down when people pick on him for his, for, for his job and what he believes in. But at the same time, mm-hmm. will also like throw out facts Yeah. To be like, oh, no, I don't care what you guys think, but this is what you need to know, even if you're not going to believe what I say.
1: Right. And actually, it was also in this scene, because like I said earlier, a lot of this episode is kind of about Scully trying to decide how much she wants to defend Mulder. And uh, at the beginning of the scene, when Mulder is talking about like well, how come they didn't want me around? How come nobody came to me for advice? How come they came for you, Came to you? She says something about, well, they feel like your methods are a little... Uh, and Mulder says, spooky? Do you think I'm spooky? Yes. So, uh, that ha- anyway, uh, so they're investigating this crime scene, and Mulder kind of walks away from Colton, just doesn't want to talk to him anymore. And he finds like a weird little metal shaving on the ground, which is pretty good detective work that he found that little tiny metal shaving. Uh, but he looks up and he realizes it's below the air vent. And so he dusts the air vent and Colton's like, wait a minute, what the hell is going on? Like, what are you doing? That vent is too small. And even if somebody could get through, like even if an alien could squeeze through there, it's screwed shut. But Mulder finds a fingerprint, only it's a really weird, long shape. Um, And so then we cut to a picture of the print Mulder found. And he says, well, this matches another print from an X-File of 10 murders in the Baltimore area that also didn't have any determined points of entry. And each victims in that case had their liver removed. Uh, And we found prints just like this at five of those 10 murder scenes. Uh, And Scully says something about 10 other murders. Colton never said anything about that. And Mulder said, well, he probably doesn't know because some of these prints were found about five years before he was even born. And others were found around the time his mother was born. And Scully says, wait a minute, wait, you're talking about crimes from the 1960s and the 1930s. Again, I keep coming back to it. I feel like they must have read it before. they It wrote does. It.
0: This does have a lot of like little bits and pieces that feel a lot like it. Uh.
1: Uh, Because Mulder says, yep, there was also an incident involving an extracted liver in 1903, but fingerprinting really wasn't a thing back then. So that means that five murders are happening every 30 years. And since there's only been three murders so far this year, that means there's two more to go before the case will go cold again. And Scully says... Okay, so you're talking about copycats. And Mulder says, no, all these prints are perfect matches. And so Scully's like, so you really want me to put in my report that it's aliens? And Mulder's like, nope, nope, not aliens. And so she goes, well, so what are we looking for? A hundred-year-old serial killer that can overpower a healthy six-foot-two man? And Mulder's, Mulder starts to get really funny around this episode. He goes, yep, and he should stick out in a crowd with ten-inch fingers. Um, So Mulder, at this point, begins to get mad. He says, you know, this isn't Colton's case. It was an X-File first. And Scully says, look, Mulder, nobody wants you involved. That's why you're down here in the basement. And Mulder says, well, you're down here too. And she kind of thinks about it for a minute and says... Well, then why don't we agree to this? They'll have their investigation and we'll have ours. So now there's going to be two separate investigations. The two investigations will
0: never, on. and the two will never intertwine.
1: Yep. And then we get a scene kind of of Scully giving a pretty traditional serial killer uh, profile. You know, he's uh, probably a white man between... 25 and 40 or whatever, you know, the typical serial killer age range is. And he probably takes the livers because they, you know, they cleanse the body. So they're probably a symbol of rejuvenation and yada, yada, yada. Um, But because he doesn't have a type of killer uh, type of victim, we can't predict who might be next but he might return to the scene of the crime because he wants to recapture the high of the killings, so we should do stakeouts. And... Yeah. Everybody agrees? Scully... uh, Colton says, Scully, you can come along if you want the overtime, and if you don't want to work in a place more down to earth... And everyone laughs, but Scully looks kind of sad and embarrassed. So... Scully's trying to figure some things out. Then uh, we go to the crime scene, uh, back to Usher's crime scene. And uh, Scully's in a parking garage in a car all alone. And she's talking to other agents over the walkie talkie. And she hears some strange sounds. And she gets out of the car and she draws her gun and she walks towards the camera to investigate. And I made a very inappropriate note here, and I wrote "nice boob shot" because it's just gonna keep coming up. Because, guys, I'm really in love with Jillian Anderson and with Dana Scully. So, so
0: pretty much what you what we're having is like there's like movies and where they do like reviews on movies and stuff, but all they do is just like they throw in like if you're looking for nude shots it's that time stamp and then
1: (laughs) (laughs) pretty much i'm just mr skin only scully's skin's never really out she just looks really good in that top she's wearing in that shot Uh, but instead of finding the killer scully finds Mulder, who is eating his trademark sunflower seeds and again, here's another joke. He says, you, you wouldn't shoot none of our man he does like a voice. I can't even do it, but he says, You wouldn't shoot none of our man, would you, Copper? You know, like a old time. You know, I
0: kinda I just realized I did. I kinda missed the sunflower seeds in that. Uh-huh. I didn't even he, think of that.
1: Yep. He's got his big bag of sunflower seeds. Um And he goes, you know, and she's obviously mad, you know, like, why are you here? You're jeopardizing my stakeout. And he says, you know, he's not coming back. His high is derived from a seemingly impossible entry into a building. And he's already beaten this place. And you would know that if you actually read the X file. But Scully keeps being mad and she yells at him a little more. And uh, Mulder just holds out his bag and says, want a sunflower seed? (laughs) And Scully's like, uh, no. And so he's like, well, you're wasting your time. I'm going to go home. <clears throat> and as he's walking away, there's like a ventilation unit or an AC unit or something. And it's rattling and clearly someone or something inside. And he says, Scully, get over here and call for backup and stuff. And she does. And she brings over her gun and a man comes out of the ventilation unit and he turns and it is the dude from inside the drain who has the yellow eyes, only his eyes aren't yellow right now. But it's definitely the same dude.
0: Uh yellow eyes from Supernatural.
1: Uh... <laughs> oh, you're right. Yellow old <laughs> yellow eyes, the demon from Supernatural. You yeah. are correct. Yep. Uh so they admit so obviously the backup comes and they arrest the dude and Mulder just says to Scully, well turns out you were right. And then we go to the FBI office in Baltimore and the man, we find out he's, uh, he's getting his lie detector test done, which lie detector tests are bogus, but that's beside the point. Anyway, uh, we find out he, his name is Eugene Victor Toombs, and he works for animal control. And the woman giving him the test says, you know, have you ever removed a human liver? And he says, no. And then she says, have you ever killed a living creature? And he kind of hesitates, but he's animal control, so he says yes. Um, and then she says, "If you know, have you ever killed a human? And he says, no. And she says, were you ever in George Us- Usher's office? And he says, no. And she says, did you kill George Usher? And he says, no. And then she asks a really weird question. She says, are you over 100 years old? And on the other side of the two-way mirror, Colton says, man, that must be a control question. And Mulder says, no, I had her ask that question. (laughs) And Toomes says, no, he's not over 100 years old. And then she asks, uh, were you
0: ever in Georgia or were uh, were
1: you ever in Powhatan Mill? Which is one of the other places that the murders happened, I guess. And he says, yes, he has been to Powhatan Mill. And then she says, in 1933, and he says no, and Colton on the other side of the mirror looks pretty mad, because that's obviously, to him, a very stupid question. And uh, then she says to Toombs, are you afraid you're going to fail this test? And he says, yeah, because I didn't do anything. And then we cut to a scene where the person who gave him the lie detector test says, nope, he nailed this test. A plus, didn't lie. Uh, He totally didn't kill anyone. And Colton's supervisor walks in and says, well, building maintenance does say they called animal control about a bad smell and Tombs found a dead cat in the ventilation. And Colton says, well, that's that. We've got to let him go. And Scully says, no, he was still there late at night in the vent. And he didn't tell anybody he was there. And Mulder says, nope, this is definitely the guy. He lied on two questions. He lied on the one about being over 100 years old and being in Pahotten Mill in 1933, which, of course, everyone thinks is ridiculous.
0: Of course.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, So all the other agents kind of yell at Mulder and leave. And Colton says to Scully, you know, you can leave with me. And she says, nope, I'm officially assigned to the X-Files. And Colton says, well, I'll see what I can do about that. And Scully says, no, I can look out for myself. And then he says, "Uh, you said Mulder was out there, but that guy is insane. And he leaves. He's all like super mad and stuff. And then they leave and... Scully's like, well, why did you push that issue in there? Like, you know, nobody would believe you. And this is kind of what you were talking about earlier. Mulder says, maybe I thought you caught the right guy. And maybe I run into so many people who are hostile just because they can't open their minds to the possibilities that sometimes the need to mess with their heads outweighs the millstone of humiliation.
0: Uh, Yeah, this is like, now we're starting to really get into like the like the meat of like their that what becomes like their relationship throughout the series
1: yep he just is like i'm gonna say what's true and if it messes with their heads that's too bad and i basically he can tolerate being humiliated yeah and scully says you know i think you were just being territorial meaning you know she thinks he just didn't like some other agent trying to partner with her or whatever. And Mulder says, yeah, of course, like in our investigations, you don't always agree with me, but at least you respect the journey. Uh, but if you want to keep working with those guys, I'm not going to hold it against you. And he turns to leave and Scully s- takes like a second and she thinks about it. And she turns to follow him and says, no, nah, you've got to have more evidence than a polygraph test. And I've got to see what this is all about. So she kind of makes the decision to be like, no, I've got Mulder's back. He's a good dude, and I like him, and he's my partner. Which is pretty much it. Dun, 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 dun! dun! (laughs) Although there is a lot of will-they-won't-they stuff, so... Oh, there's so much. That comes later. We'll get to that eventually. So now we see a uh, arrest report of Toombs with his mugshot and his fingerprints... And Mulder takes his left middle fingerprint on the computer and he puts it next to the big weird looking print that matches the old ones from the X-Files. And he goes, well, obviously this doesn't match, but what if I did this? And he like squeezes it thinner and makes it longer and he lays it over the other print. And it turns out it's a 100% match. And Scully's like shocked. She's like, how is this possible? Like, how, how is this a thing? And Muller's like, I don't know. But all I know for sure is they let the guy go. So now we know something else is up. And a scene changes to a car pulling into a driveway at a house. And it's nighttime again. And we see Toombs watching from the shadows with his yellow eyes. And a guy gets out of the car, and I couldn't tell if that was one of the guys that arrested him or not. It kind of looked like one of them. It kind
0: of – I thought the same thing. I think it's just someone completely different that just it's looked similar because I was trying yeah. to figure it out too. I don't necessarily think there was any connection.
1: No, because a few minutes later when they're investigating, Scully says victim was this guy. And I'm like, yeah. If I guess if it was one of the guys that arrested him, they would already know that, so – Looks like the same guy, but the uh, you know, the guy goes into this house and he is getting, you know, settled in for the night, making himself a drink, taking off his tie, and Toomes uh kind of looks up the side of the house and we get this really weird shot of him grabbing a hold of the spaces between the bricks on the house. And scaling up the side of the house kind of like Spider-Man. Only he's not sticking. He can just literally fit his fingers between the bricks. Um, And he climbs all the way up to the chimney. And he makes a noise. And the guy inside the house kind of looks up. But then kind of just keeps going back to whatever he was doing. I don't know. Maybe he thought he was a squirrel on the chimney or something like that. And uh, this is the shot where... Basically, we figure out what the, I mean, we already kind of knew from the beginning when he fits through the air vent, but we get a shot from inside the chimney and Toomes kind of looks down it, sticks his arm in and just begins to stretch his arm down the chimney.
0: Oh, the noises it made too. I
1: know. Especially when he sticks his face in and then cracks his other arm back behind his body. It was creepy. (laughs) And he just squeezes himself right down the chimney. Um, and then we go to a shot of the owner of the house. He's got a drink and he goes into his fireplace and they did a pretty good job of building up the tension right here because he crouches down to get a fire going and you think tombs is going to come out of the fireplace. And yeah. instead Tombs is already in the room. He comes up behind him and attacks him from behind instead, but good moment of tension right there. And so anyway, of course the next morning the house is a crime scene again. And, uh, Colton is there. He says, you know, watch out for liver transplants within the next 24 hours. Maybe this is just somebody stealing livers to sell on the black market And one of the other cops says, come on, do you really think that's it? And he goes, well, I'm out of, I'm desperate. I'm willing to give anything a shot. And Mulder and Scully, anything that's
0: viable.
1: Yeah. And Mulder and Scully walks. He goes, well, any sane viable theory anyway. And he says, you aren't supposed to be here. They're only qualified members. And uh, Mulder and Colton start to get into it. You know, Mulder says, what's the matter, Colton? you worried I'm going to solve your case. And Scully says, Nope, we're authorized to be here. And you know, if we report you obstructing another agent, that's going to look pretty bad for your promotion. And this is a pretty good part. Uh, Colton says to her, look, Dana, whose side are you on? And she just looks at him and goes, the victims. (laughs) Like, she's like, this isn't like a matter of who, I don't care who solves the case. I just care that it gets solved because people are dead basically. Yeah. Um, and Mulder he goes over to the fireplace. He looks. He sees more of the fingerprints, and he notices something is missing. And so, boy, there's a lot that goes on in this episode. Holy moly! It took eight pages. It really hotels, is, by the way. A lot happens. Um. So now we go to a scene of Mulder looking at a 1903 census report that somebody went to Tombs's home and did the census on him and Scully comes in and says Baltimore PD went to uh Tombs's supposed apartment and didn't find anyone there and that it was like a cover address and also that Toomes hasn't gone to work since he was arrested. And Mulder says, Look, I, I found him right here in nineteen oh three. Here's his old address and oh, by the way, look, here's the address of the first murder and the first murder literally happened to Eugene Toombs's upstairs neighbor. So <clears throat> Scully says the tomb. she's like, well, wow, that's got to be like his great-grandfather or something. Maybe the Prince match because of some genetic quirk. And that could also explain a pattern of antisocial behavior and murder. And Mulder says, eh, let's just try to find him. So they start going through birth certificates and death certificates and marriage certificates, and they don't find anything, but Mulder does find where the guy that originally investigated the 1933 murders live, uh, lives. He lives at Lynn acres retirement home. So they go there and we hear this old man tell Scully and Mulder that he's been waiting for them for 25 years. Um, let's say, Yeah, he explains to them, you know, he's like, well, I retired in 1968 and I was a cop for 45 years. And this is the only murder that ever really stuck with me because they gave me such a bad feeling. Um, you know, and I have a trunk full of evidence here that I collected officially and unofficially because when the murders happened again in 1963, I knew they were the same guy, uh, but they wouldn't let me work the case. Uh, and this is when we find out that not just livers went missing, but also uh, small personal items from the house. Kind of like the murder scene that Mulder just came from where he noticed that something else was missing. And so this is also the other part where we find out that Tombs is very, very old. Because Mulder says, have you ever heard the name Eugene Victor Toombs? And the officer pulls out a surveillance photo from 1963. And he says, this is Toombs. And it is definitely the same guy still working an animal control job back in the 60s. So Hooray! Uh, not very good cover there. Taking the same job as soon as he comes back out.
0: Yeah, it really is like a fault on his side. Like... I don't know if we'll see more of that kind of stuff, but definitely like I'm like, man, if you're going on like like murderous rampages, don't go back to the same job that you've as a cover up every single time.
1: And also if you pop up every 30 years, I guess you can probably still use the same name, be- especially since I so- guess but- it's also not a very common name. Like, he's not like, hi, I'm George Smith or Bob, Bob you know, Bob Robertson or whatever. He's like, I'm Eugene Victor Toombs. Like.
0: <laughs> Which by itself should already be a red flag.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. And Every time they kept saying Toombs, you know what I honestly kept thinking of was Adrian Toombs, the vulture. Ad- from
0: he's vulture. Yeah, me
1: saying. <laughs> um. So they go to uh, Toombs' old apartment building, and it's old and condemned, and nobody lives there. And they enter his apartment door, and did you catch this part? The scene of them entering his old apartment is actually a part of the opening credits. Is it? Yep, when they open that door and go into the apartment, that actual shot is one of the shots in the- It's. Kind of near the end of the opening theme. All right. Yep. Good to know. Yep. Comes from this episode. Uh, of course, there's nobody there. It's an old, condemned building. Uh, but they look around anyway, and Mulder finds a great big hole behind a mattress leaning up against the wall. And the hole's got a ladder in it that kind of goes under the floor. And Scully's like, well, might as well go in and see what we can find. And when they go in, they find what they think is an old coal cellar with nothing in it. But then they find a whole bunch of trinkets. Uh, They realize that one of them is what was taken from the crime scene they were at in the morning. And then Mulder shines his light around and it lands on what uh, Scully thinks is just like a deteriorating old wall. But Mulder goes, nope, this is something somebody made. And it turns out it's like a nest, kind of. And it's made out of old rags and newspapers. And it's, uh, we get a close-up of a little tiny hole, but it's covered in yellowish like goop. And Scully says, is that the opening there? Do you think anything's home? And then she realizes that the yellow gunk, which Mulder is already touching... Uh, She goes, oh, Mulder, that smells like bile. And here's another classic Mulder line. He says, is there any way I can get this off my fingers quickly without betraying my exterior cool? (laughs) And then he flicks it away. Um, Scully says, there's no way somebody lives in that nest. And that's when Mulder goes, I don't think he lives here. I think he hibernates here. And Scully's like, what do you mean hibernates? And Mulder says, Well, think about it. What if some sort of genetic what if some sort of genetic mutation allows him to awaken only once every 30 years and the five livers are what provide him food for that period of time? And Scully goes, Well, that's kind of weird, but either way, nobody's here, but he's probably gonna come back, so we need to go get a surveillance team. Uh, I'll go get them and Mulder, you can stay here. And as they're walking out, Scully gets snagged on something. She goes, Wait, I'm caught. <clears throat> and then she goes, Oh no, wait, never mind, I'm good. And they walk off screen and Toombs' hand comes down from the top of the screen with Scully's necklace wrapped around his fingers.
0: Which by the way, they did find before uh they left. They found like a little area where it's like where they uh tombs has been stealing trinkets oh yep yep uh because that comes back to something important later
1: yeah so he he's he's got her necklace which he's gonna take her liver now we're led to believe um you know fade out on his creepy face and his weird yellow eyes and when we fade back up It's Mulder. He's at the car and two other men get in the car and Mulder says, you know, here's what you're looking for. Uh, Scully and I will be back in eight hours. And then it goes to Scully and she's sitting in an office and Colton bursts in and he's all mad. He's like, why are you using two of my men for to just sit outside an old building? Blah, you're wasting whatever man hours and time and budget and blah, blah. And they have a big argument and Scully says, You know, look, we're not interfering with your investigation. We're just doing this other side thing and he goes, Well, wow, I thought you were a good agent, but now I need to get you as far away as possible from this. I I can't have you any closer. And I'm going to go call off the stakeout and Mulder or uh, Scully says, or, Oh, he said, uh, no. Oh, I know what it is. She, she goes, well, then I'll call Mulder and tell him that it's done. And Colton says, no, I want to call him. I'm going to, I want to hear his voice when I tell him that his stupid stakeout is off. And she says, is that what it takes to climb the ladder Colton? And he says all the way to the top. And then she drops the mic. She says, and I can't wait till you fall off and land on your ass boom walks out scully for the win yeah. slam dunk yeah and so scully drives up to her apartment and of course Toomes is there watching her and then this we kind of get back and forth between scully and Mulder at two different places at this point uh go back to Mulder, and he pulls up to the site and he doesn't know that the thing has been called off so he doesn't know where anyone is And he kind of runs into the building looking for people. And then we go back to Scully, and she's trying to call Mulder. And she gets his voicemail, and she says, Well, if you need me, you know, just give me a call, whatever. And she starts to draw herself a bath. And here I made another note. Do you want some company in that tub, Dana? (laughs) because i like baths and i like scully so i'll take a bath with you dana Um, it's funny
0: how when that scene came up i immediately knew that was going to come up in today
1: (laughs) (laughs) maybe it's because of the thing i posted of xxx files dana scully gone wild
0: (laughs) hey be careful someone might try to use that
1: uh and, uh, so Scully walks out of the bathroom while her tub is running and we see Tombs outside of her window. And then we see Mulder back at Tooms's nest. And he's at that little collection of trinkets that you were talking about. And he sees Scully's necklace there. So we go back to Scully and, uh, she's getting ready to get in her tub. And, uh, then it gets gross because bile drips on her from her ceiling vent. And so she runs to get her gun. And then Mulder's trying to call her, but he can't get through because we find out Scully's phone line got cut. And then this is where it gets real actiony and kind of horror-y because Scully's going around her apartment, kind of in the dark, checking the air vents. And as soon as she turns her back on one, it bursts off and Toomes' arm comes out and grabs her and she gets away while Mulder... That was a
0: pretty creepy scene though of him, like like the way they have it shot where he's like just squeezing through one of those air vents
1: yeah especially the first one where just like you can see his face and his arm and he's kind of inside going ah yeah and then he like pops right out of the vent it's pretty creepy um and then tombs uh he's on top of her giggity lifting her shirt up <laughs> giggity again uh but he's not doing it for sexy reasons he's like points his hand like he's going to stab her, like he's going for his liver. And right at that moment, that's when Mulder kind of kicks the door in and starts yelling. And as uh, Toomes gets up and breaks the glass in the bathroom window to try to get away, Mulder shows up and they kind of have this big tussle and Mulder puts a cuff on his wrist and Scully gets the other part of the cuff around the water faucet and he's trapped. That's the end. And then we go to a nice little shot of the old cop from earlier reading the newspaper. And this is when he sees that Adrian Toomes has been caught in connections with serial murdering. And the old cop cries a little bit because it's finally over. And then it zooms in on that article. And when it zooms in on that article, you see it kind of be ripped. And we realize that it's tombs he's ripping off the paper and he's licking it up all over and he balls it up and he throws it onto a pile of paper that is the start of a new nest in his cell i guess at like a hospital i'm thinking like a psych ward yeah because it didn't look like just a regular jail cell um and so this is uh Mulder is watching him And Scully comes up and she goes, well, I ordered genetic testing on him. Uh, You'll be pretty interested to know that his early medical exams show quite an abnormal development in the muscular and skeletal systems, as well as a continually declining metabolic rate that dips way below the uh, levels of deep sleep. And Mulder just keeps staring. It's like he didn't even hear her. And she goes, Mulder, did you hear what I said? And Mulder says, uh, you know, he just kind of laments. He talks about all the people who took all kinds of measures to be secure and feel safe. You know, bars on the window, locks on the door, fancy home security systems. And none of this was enough to stop this guy. And you can tell he just feels like just kind of real sad for all those people and real angry at Tombs. And the two of them walk away, and an orderly shows up, opens the little meal slot on the door, slides the tray in, and shuts and locks the meal slot. And the episode ends with Tooms with this, like, creepy grin on his face, just staring at that little slot on the door. And that's it. Like,
0: well, like, that, that was such an interesting shot in general because, like, tombs is looking at that slot and all of a sudden there's like a, it's like backlit mm-hmm. so it has like a little light coming through like that becomes the new escape hatch yep and so and having it close out was like well did he decide to escape or like um, is he gonna just try and drag someone through and like eat well eat their liver
1: uh, i know the answer to that question but i'm not gonna tell you <laughs> No! <laughs> um, just a hint, we do eventually learn what happens to Eugene Victor Toombs. All right. That's later on down the line, but we do figure out more things about him in the end. All righty. Yeah. So... That is squeeze. What were your? What are your final thoughts and letter grade on the episode Squeeze?
0: Well, so far, most of my rating has been pretty much in the same realm of A's. Mm-hmm. Um, this is no different. Um, I I don't know what we're gonna be. If we're just gonna get a bunch of the same stuff, but like, I'm a big fan of monster stuff. Mm -hmm. So this kind of checked off everything on my little bucket list of what I would like in like a monster episode. Yep. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, yeah, that's really all I got.
1: (laughs) All right, cool. Uh, I, I kind of gave it away at the beginning of, excuse me. I kind of gave it away at the beginning. This is one of my favorite episodes. I think this is, For being only the third episode of the entire show, excuse me, um, this is a hell of an episode. It checks all the X-Files... Excuse me again, son of a bitch. Uh, This hits all the X-Files boxes uh, in terms of monsters, in terms of the relationship between Scully and Mulder. Um, I think it's got some good creepy moments i think it's got some good character moments so straight up an a plus for me on this one
0: hell yeah 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 this is roughly about in like an a A plus realm for me as well
1: nice all right okay well next week is called or the episode rather is called conduit and i'm just going over the uh I'm trying to remember You know what I I was going to say I'm trying to remember what I personally think of this one but I won't give it away just yet Anyway I'll just skip it for now and we'll just say that the next week's episode is called Conduit That's what we're going to check And
0: it's going to have a it's going to have a soundtrack of that song Two Princes
1: If you uh, want
0: to call me a bitch yeah. <laughs>
1: Now all I want to do is go watch um All I want to do is go watch that episode of South Park And watch Randy put the hat on his head And beat up the vapors Yeah Which has nothing to do with the X-Files So I'm going to end this episode And say goodbye everybody